Welcome to the Legions. Welcome to the What You've Been Watching podcast. I am your host, the indecipherable, marvelous Mike Dudley. Joined as host by my cohort and younger brother, MD3 Marcus Dudley, checking in on you. What is going on out there in podcast land? Big salute to you. Thank you for tuning in with us. We want to thank Kesta. For his wonderful intro music, always bright. Search the interwebs for him. If you see the man out there, give him some love. Give him some spins. Give him some uh, some what you've been watching Legion affiliation with us, please. <laughs> uh, please reach us at what you been watching podcast at gmail.com. Please send us all your letters and romantic queries. That's right. And Michael, where else can they find us, brother? You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dudley Bros Podcast. Search us on Facebook. What and, you been watching? Yeah, and look for the colorful banner done by the great MKD Art. MK Dudley Art. MK Dudley Art. I apologize. See, damn, that was like a 99% really good intro, too. <laughs> damn, we nailed that so well, too. Oh, well, I had, I had to drop the ball. It's too sweet, brother. Uh, so what you been up to, man? How's everything going? Checking in real quick, not on the on that tip of things of what you've been ocularly consuming, but... Um, because that question comes later. How are you? How's how's everything going? It's good, man. Just you know, being in the service industry, it's all it's all entering the busy season with end of holiday, you know, end of the year parties, holiday parties, and this, that, the other. So uh, it's been a very very busy last couple of weeks, and we're probably going to be solid through probably New Year. But I'm enjoying it. You know, it's given me a chance to step up my game and really like show what I can do. So why not? Hell yeah, that sounds really good, man. <laughs> Holiday season is always busy in the uh, the hospitality industry, so um, yeah, I always look forward to that, man. So you have a good attitude about it, seems like, looking for opportunities to uh, rise up to the challenge as a certain Rocky movie. Rising <laughs> <laughs> <Right in. Yeah. laughs> yeah, other than that, just been hanging out with, uh, oh, what's-her-face, um, oh, uh, Libby, Liz, she knows who she is, don't worry about it. Oh, man. <laughs> Taking shots already. Welcome. Uh, go ahead and I guess we can. No, let's not make that a bit. You get in trouble. Um, no, well, you can check your ladies' man reference off of your bingo cards. Um, no, man, I have been crazy busy myself. I just took my final in my psychology class. Got an A in the class. That's good. All right. So, Look yeah. at my boy getting his yeah, smart on. Yeah. Don't still don't know what I'm going to be when I'm going to grow up. So probably going to pivot and try to figure out certificate wise if there's something I can do to make more money. But it Bro, is what it is. I got a great idea. $200 investment, we're turning it into 2000 Ain't no gimmicks. We're just selling crack. Oh, yeah, I'm with it. I'm with <laughs> it. I know something about warming up the water, mixing up the baking soda, but right. I'll have to listen to a certain song again to remember the exact ingredients. <laughs> or, you know, just look it up on the internet. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. And get on the same watch list as you. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we're either making a bomb or the best crack cocaine <laughs> ever, yeah, one, right. one way or the up. other. That's what's up. Yeah, no, I, um, I've just been busy, man, um, just trying to... Trying to keep things afloat, brother. Um, works, you know, work. But uh, drove down to Tampa, like did a quick turn and burn. Um, drove down for the Monday night game uh, last night to go watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play. Now, here's the question. Did you break your streak of ruining professional football sports? Oh, it, it crossed over the more just football. It was any sporting <laughs> event. Um Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did well. Good. So the Saints won. Yeah, exactly. No, I know. I, it's weird though. So I don't know if it counts because like the Bucks are my second favorite team by a long shot. Um, it's obviously, as you very well know, I've described 
pretty uh, thoroughly my love for a certain aviary green team. This may uh, say caca. Um so uh, no, but uh it was it was kind of a boring game actually. It was like fifty five minutes of crap. And then Tom Brady decided, like, oh yeah, I'm the greatest of all time. Let's go win this game real quick. <laughs> Scored two touchdowns in like five minutes and twenty eight seconds or something like that, twenty nine seconds, and just was like, Oh yeah, let's go win real quick. So the last five minutes was incredible. So yeah, uh just a quick turn and burn, like Took the final for my exam Monday morning. I had to run my car to the shop and leave it there. And then hop, drove back home, hopped in a different car, drove to Tampa, like watched the game, didn't get done till 11, had to drive from Tampa to St. Pete to crash at uh, Unc's house. Shout out to Uncle Steven, you're the man. Thank you for the hospitality, <laughs> sir. And then uh, turn around this morning and drive back to Tallahassee. And here we go in the What You've Been Watching studios Damn. in the shadow of Dope Campbell Stadium. So Even Frodo Baggins is like, that's too much, bro. That's too much. Yeah, and he, I didn't get to ride no badass hawk. <laughs> <laughs> you ever start saying something silly and you can't stop saying it silly? What do you mean? Like certain words or something like that? Uh, I'm not sure what you're trying to establish. but oh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, who the fuck am I yeah. <laughs> Established this already in the podcast? <laughs> Every time, like I say, I know we have dogs, and every time the bed, the word bed comes up, so I stuttered even just to say it, it's bed. I get in a bed, bed, yeah, bed, like, like uh, with a, with a, like a hard Y in yeah, there, bed. But now every time there's a, a scene in uh, next Friday where mm-hmm. Day Day uh, Mike Epps is talking about, he's like, we're gonna get flashlights, tasers, two big ass German shepherds. Now every time I say big ass anything. I always say that, and I almost Big said, ass. "Yeah." Now, I was just when I was talking about the Eagles, and the in Lord of the Rings, the Eagles. Uh, when I almost said, and I didn't get to ride no big ass eagle either. <laughs> I almost did it, but I realized y'all wouldn't know the reference. So from this point forward, if you hear me say "big ass" like that, it's it's a movie reference. Ninety percent of things I do are. Um, I said that today. I was um, I was given. I guess he's our stepbrother now. Ty, shout out, buddy. Hey, what's up? Um, I was, we had an Arizona green tea. Those things are delicious. And um, I was giving him some, and I was pouring it into a cup. And I looked at it, I go, a proper package. And I poured it, and he was like, what? <laughs> and I explained, I was like, a proper package is a terminology from the movie Shatas. He gives them a package, and it's not enough. So he's like. You got to break me off a little yeah, more. A, pro- right. a proper package. Right, so. right. He didn't get it. It's fine. I, I realize that nobody knows that I speak in movie references <laughs> except for Michael. And so. Well, and also, I mean, who was watching like Jamaican Scarface and being like, this is the superior Scarface? John Shuck and I, apparently. <laughs> Actually, I think that's like the most bootleg movie of all time. So that shit sold a lot of copies out of people's trunks. I actually have a copy of that movie. But the problem is, is that they speak in such heavy, like heavy patois. That you can't understand, like it's it's all like Jamaican gangster speak. Like if you're not, if you don't, if you didn't grow up in that lifestyle, you don't know what they're speaking English, but they're not saying anything meaningful to you. So you have to watch it with the subtitles. The problem is on my DVD, the subtitles are about ten to fifteen seconds off from what's being said in the movie. So I'm having to constantly watch it. See what happens. Go back and read the like subtitles fifteen from fifteen seconds ago, just so I can understand what's going. So a two-hour movie, or I think it's like an hour and like forty minutes or something like that, turns into a three and a half hour affair. Now, Michael, I appreciate the fact there are like nine different versions of that movie <laughs> on the bootleg market because I know John Shuck saw one and he showed me a version that was not. 
And then it, they actually did the, uh, if you watch the intro, it's Kiamani Marley, who's the star mm-hmm. of it. And Cecil Son of Vera. Bob Marley. Yeah, son of Bob Marley, shout out. And um, Cecil Vera, the writer-director. And they're talking about, Shatas is official now, no more bootleg stuff. So they actually released an official DVD. <laughs> That's what most people own now. But yeah, there are like 40 different bootleg versions of the yeah, movie Shatas. Yeah, yeah. Each has their own different soundtrack. Yep. And like different, different scenes, edits. even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> different music cues. Like it's it's fucking wild. Yeah, I think it is the most bootleg movie of all time. But anyways, um, long tangent there about movie references and me speaking in movie language. <laughs> the million dollar question, my brother. The thing that everyone tunes in for. And by the way, if we ever get a cease and desist, we can call it like I don't know. How have you ocularly been participating in cinema? That's, <laughs> that'll be the new podcast title. I'm pretty sure we're the first one to ever come up with the terminology of what you've been watching. Yeah. But, without further ado, what have you been watching, man? What you been watching? Oh, man. Been uh, going on a nostalgia movie kick lately. Just trying to watch a bunch of stuff that makes me happy. So uh, You have no joy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't you try to funnel it in to outside sources. You join me in my misery. Uh, now, what, what's up, though, man? Uh, well, saw, uh, saw the original Point Break, the, uh, Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze joint directed by, it's not Kathleen Kennedy, it was, uh... Catherine Bigelow, Catherine Bigelow, that's yeah. it, that's it, that's it, yeah. Uh, Dude, that movie fucking rules. Doesn't it, though? I haven't seen it in many years, I mean, you, this is one of those instances, you know that I've seen that movie. Oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But it's been many years since I've seen it, though. Uh, but yes, in all recollections of my mind, it was probably like 10 years ago, that movie fucking held up then, and it's probably about time for another rewatch for me. So I refuse to watch the remake, by the way. Yeah. I, I saw yes. like 10 minutes of it and was like, nope. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, the, for those who aren't familiar, it's basically the story of Keanu Reeves is an, a rookie FBI agent that... And he's the worst FBI agent in the history no, of, he's the, of best. the agencies. He's the best, depending on the how you look at goes, it. The man goes, he's undercover, and he goes to a raid and just shows his face. Like, doesn't put on a mask, no, like, you know, I'm sure they got hoodies, maybe a beanie, fake mustache, something. Like, no, just gonna go show his face. Anyway, he's an FBI agent who infiltrates this gang of surfers who are robbing banks in order to fuel their endless summer, basically. Uh, so... Yeah, and then chaos ensues, and of course he falls in love with surfing and Lori Petty, and then uh, Patrick Swayze is uh, badass throughout the entire movie. Yeah, Patrick is pretty badass in that movie. Oh, also featuring Gary Busey. Yeah, he is. <laughs> hey, Utah! Make it two. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot Busey was in I thought it was a son for some reason in my head just now, but no, it's Gary. It's definitely Gary, who's probably like 30 years older than everybody. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That movie is so it's so good because it's really well shot and it's it keeps up at a brisk pace. Like there's there's not a whole lot of like wasted momentum. Kind of lags a little bit when they deal with the Lori Petty, um, Keanu Reeves uh, love story. But other than that, like there's skydiving, there's shootouts, there's Patrick Swayze lighting a car on fire. There's the presidential mask bank heist scene. Yeah, oh yeah. Like classic, classic, classic. Yeah, if you haven't even seen the movie, you've seen it like whether it be a family guy sketch, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that's just in the ethos. It's right. like when you see like the white faint uh, face paint with like the black eyes. Like you know it's dead presidents. Right. Like right. kind of the same thing. Of, well, you and I know it's yeah, dead presidents. Well, most people do. <laughs> most G's know that. <laughs> I went through a huge phase where I watched Dead Presidents and Minister Society. 
a lot. <laughs> but anyways, that's for really fucked talk. up, right? Yeah. Really not fucked up. It's fucking great movie. Great movie. <laughs> anyways, go ahead, man. So yeah. Uh, anyway, it's it's so like it's such trash cinema, but it's really really well done trash cinema. Like it's I don't so think it's horrible. trash, man. I don't think it's trash. I mean, it's right? kind of a goofy concept. Like when you when you actually start paying attention to like if, the second you start pulling threads on the movie, the entire thing falls apart. I don't know, man. It, it passes my test in the sense of like... It was awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> like one, well, I have a couple tell. One, does it entertain me? Sure. Absolutely, the movie's entertaining. And two, the big one that me and you have talked about ad nauseum, which you will hear again on this podcast, is it sets up the rules of the playground. Sure. And it doesn't stray out of the rules. Right. No matter how ridiculous everything is inside the playground, you're like, this is dumb as shit. Like, the FBI would have, you know... Thrown this dude in jail too, like da 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 da, like you know, like he would have lost it at least at the bare minimum, lost his job and been you know like, but at a certain point you're just aiding and abiding criminals, like is really what it is, like well known, like obviously FBI wanted list criminals, so so but out the ridiculousness of what they're doing inside the parameters of the movie is fine. But it doesn't stray from outside the parameters of the movie. Like yeah. where it asks you to suspend its disbelief is a big ask, but sure, it stays sure. within it once you do. I mean, like spoiler alert, Keanu Reeves, his character is, is Johnny Utah, which is Fucking probably great name. <laughs> Remind me, to, maybe on one of these next podcasts, we'll go in and we'll look at Arnold Schwarzenegger's characters' names and Keanu Reeves' characters' names Let's and do it. see who's his more ridiculous. Anyways, go ahead. Okay, so Johnny Utah, the the Keanu Reeves character, literally finds the gang he's looking for the very first day he goes undercover, and it takes him the entire rest of the movie to figure it out. Like, just pure happenstance, just meets up with the exact people that he needed to, and then is like, I don't know, man. I don't know if these guys quite fit the profile. Of surfing bank robbers? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's the best agent they have. Because <laughs> he just stumbles into awesomeness and adventure. <laughs> I mean, there is something to be said for luck, but you know, again, like it's the second you start pulling on any of the threads of the movie, it all falls apart. But as long as you're willing to just give one more suspension of disbelief, it's a great movie. It's, it's fantastic. Fun. Like you said, it's like Fast and Furious. It's got everything. It's got surfing. It's got skydiving yeah. with and without a parachute. The scene where right. he jumps out of the plane. He's like, oh, fuck it. And he dives in. Spoilers. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> I remember watching that with Dad for the first, with our father for the first time. And I remember being like, ah, bullshit. I was like, why is he tucking like that? He's like, oh, well, it makes you have less wind resistance. So you go faster. And in that moment, as a little kid, that was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. So I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. He's like a speeding bullet out of a plane. He's going to catch the other guy's pair. I was so hooked at a young age. I was like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. I am an FBI agent, man. I know, Johnny. Ain't it wild? I know, dude. It's such good. Like Even that movie Hot Fuzz, uh, yeah. the Simon Pegg movie. Yeah. Um, that guy, like, when they... They, they like... They kind of make fun, and actually, it's a love letter to all really awesome action movies. Sure. They reference Point Break like five or six times in that movie, like when dude rolls over and he shoots his gun in the air a bunch of times. Ah! Empty the whole clip in the sky. Like Keanu. So many classic scenes in that movie, man. Yeah. If you have not seen Point Break, I cannot recommend enough that you get at least like have a beer, one whiskey drink, like maybe half an edible, whatever, you know, whatever is your flavor, and just 
pop that in and enjoy it for the next, I think it's only like an hour and a half, maybe like less than two hours. Yeah, I would, I would bet it's under the two hour mark, but I don't know. Anyway. We're not going to research here. We speculate here at Watchmen Watching Watching if you haven't figured that out by now. But anywho, it's a fantastic watch. So yeah, I can't recommend that. Although I will say, I was watching it with my uh, lady friend okay. and uh, we had watched the movie right up until the final bank robbery scene where they bring in Keanu Reeves. Like they basically pull him into their web and make him go into the bank without a mask so he's the only one in there without a mask everybody can see him whatever and then it leads to the, the you know the uh, parachuting like they're, they're going to parachute into Mexico to escape whatever you know the, we, anyways it's literally the climax of the movie and she's rolling over and like and I'm like no but you're going to you got to see the, the, the he's Keanu Reeves is going to jump without a parachute. You're going to miss it. He's going to fire it. It's going to be awesome. And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, what's the point? Yep. <laughs> That's why you always have me to call me over and talk about podcasting and <laughs> movie stuff. So, To be fair, she had a very busy day. So. No, and I, yeah, I don't doubt it for a second. <laughs> Most people, when they commit to watching a movie, it's kind of the joy. It's like, hey, I'll watch it if I fall asleep. Cool, but... I'm the type of person I'll turn on the last 10 minutes secretly. <laughs> like Angie, <laughs> Bullet Train is on Netflix now. Again, watched it again. Um, but we didn't finish like the last 10 minutes because we were boarding, like getting off the plane. And so sure. I was like, I'm not fucking sitting on this plane for until everybody else gets off. <laughs> so I went back and watched the whole movie again just for the last 10 minutes. And I, <laughs> I woke Angie up like the last 30 minutes. I was like, check it out. <laughs> She's like, oh, cool, yeah. <laughs> so glad you woke me up for that. <laughs> Good movie, though. I fully recommend it. Fully yeah. recommend it. Uh, so what would you rate Point Break? Because I got my review. Uh, Point Break, I am going to give... Uh, let's see. I'm going to give it the most extreme rating possible. I like it. I like it. You don't need to expand anymore. Nope. Whatever that is to you. That's extreme, bro. That's extreme, bro. Think of whatever you're thinking of. And then double it. And then double it. While you're drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, anyways, cool. Uh, what else have you been watching, my dude? Oh, let's see. Saw uh, saw the classic, classic Christmas uh, movie, Jack Frost. Which one? The Michael Keaton vehicle? No, sir. The better one. Oh, the horror movie. The psycho killer snowman, which I gotta say, I was... Thoroughly entertained. It's a fucking great movie, isn't it? But now, again, like, I love I'm bad, so excited. You can't see this. I'm smiling in the ear <laughs> yes. right now. Well, we finally get a chance to talk he about Jack Flowers. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I, To be honest, I thought that they were going to go, like, a whole, like, bad CGI snowman kind of thing. And they don't. It's literally just practical effects and, like, a guy in a puppet suit and, and bad... Uh, Animatronics. Animatronics. Yeah, it's it's great. Like it's it's completely watchable, and you see all of the all the stupid, you know, like all the stupid cliches and all the like keystone moments of like of of the first kill, and nobody believes the sheriff, and and then they get more and more gruesome, and then all of a sudden, like. Jack Frost has this wide array of powers and like I started to make a list of all of his powers that he has and he goes 
I mean, this dude is X-Men level power. Yeah, he has like icicles that he can form and shit. And like... Oh, he can form into water and, and yeah. transport, you know, through pipes and stuff. Like, So basically, Jack Frost is a serial killer is being transported to death row on Christmas Eve. And they collide with a, like a cryogenic genetic research truck. So, yeah. Just... They, they, they MacGuffin, magic, yeah. goo MacGuffin. Yeah, they, 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 they magic their science, and now all of a sudden, this psycho killer is in the body of a snowman, and he goes on a murderous rampage to seek revenge on all those in the small town that locked him up. And it's great. It's a fucking blast. It's I watched this movie fantastic. annually for like 15 years. I mean, it's, it's, it's all cheesy effects and like... Gory, but in in a in a in a darkly comedic way. Like it's not it's not like Silence of the Lambs gory. It's 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 camp gory. Yeah, yeah. It's, like people fine, people yeah. getting like Christmas lights shoved in their eyes yeah. and, and you know stuff like that. <laughs> he likes to do that. Like Christmas yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's so bad. And then, like the the one liners, like it's like as bad as like Arnold Schwarzenegger puns. While he oh, kills these are and way stuff. better. Yeah, these are terrible puns. You know, like the chill out man, like all that stuff. Right, it's, right. it's so bad. Yeah, I've watched that movie a lot. John Shuck and I, shout out to the homie Shucky. Uh, we used to watch that movie a lot. That and Leprechaun in the Hood. Like, <laughs> those are like our two go-tos in terms of like good, bad horror movies of just like low-budget awesomeness. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's cheap camp fun. And you know what? I'm going to say it's Christmas fun for the whole family. I would think so. <laughs> Depending on how old your kids are, say, yeah. you got to have some real cool kids. Yeah, but... thirteen or over, you can fucking handle Jack Frost. Yeah, yeah. There's, I don't think there's any nudity in it. There's a bunch Even of cursing. Let them kitty see some titties on <laughs> Christmas Eve. I want that on a t-shirt. Let, Let them kitty see, see some titties, titties on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, patent pending by the watch. Been watching Foundation. <laughs> New merchandise <laughs> coming merchandise soon. Merchandise coming soon. <laughs> Let them kitty see some titties on Christmas Eve. Oh man, no, that's a great movie, man. I, the ending also spoiler. Go watch it. But there's a second one. I think it goes to Hawaii or something like that. Really? I, I think I know he's in a Hawaiian shirt. I've only seen the cover. Got to see this movie. I think it's on Tubi TV or Freevee right now. So I might have to go home and watch that at some point. Because um, I'll let you know too. I think there's a third one also. I think you have your homework for you, I sir. I think so. You have your your mission. We can watch these together, maybe. <laughs> so. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm so glad you watched that. I'll go ahead and review this for you. I will give it um, three balls of snow rolled on top of each other. That then try to kill you. Yeah, that then try to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that part was assumed, but yes. yes. Which is the high, one of the highest ratings we've ever given out here at Watch. I mean, watching. it's pretty hard to beat. That's uh, fucking yeah. really, yeah. One corn cob pipe and a button nose. <laughs> <laughs> Two really high ratings from the ones we've been there watching. Must have been some magic in that <laughs> little racist ass song. <laughs> Anyways, what else have been watching, bro? Oh man, uh, well, kind of went on a Tim Burton kick, and uh, I watched Edward Scissorhands. Great recently. movie. It is. It is. It's Edward. Uh, the way he says it. Edward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Johnny Depp, Tim Burton directed. Uh, Winona Ryder. Alan Sorkin, no, Alan Arkin. Yeah, I was it not Alan Sorkin? <laughs> He's out too busy conceiving of the West Wing. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Anthony Michael Hall's in it. Uh, fantastic movie. I mean, 
if you've never, if you're not familiar, it's basically a man is created. It's it, it's like a Frankenstein's monster tale, but it's essentially a love story. It's it's Johnny Depp plays Edward Scissorhands. He's a man created uh, from animatronics who is he has scissors for hands and yeah, for fingers really. Yeah, for yeah. fingers and. Uh, is tries to integrate into society and just chaos and mayhem and 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 like really it, it's like a fish out of water kind of story. But he he also falls in love with Minota Ryder. Yeah, and the, he he kind of is not unleashed, but for lack of a better word, like put into this scenario of like this Pleasantville town. Like mm-hmm. every every single house is like cookie cutter and uniform, all white picket fences, all super green grass, all like very bright and colorful, and everyone's like a. a well, what are the, the Stepford wife kind of thing? Yeah, it's it's very yeah. um, like almost like a almost like a modern day nineteen fifties sitcom. In, yeah, in a little yeah. bit like yeah, the Pleasantville of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, that's a great movie, man. It's I, I don't think that's Tim Burton's best work. So I almost said that's Tim Burton at his best, but it's it's really high up there in the sense of he works well when it's like a darkly fairy tale. In a yeah, weird way, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Because like, like a, really, it really is a fairy tale, like a grim fairy tale, not like a Grimm's fairy tale, yeah. but a grim fairy yeah. tale. Yeah, but it's not like dark. Like it, it does have shades of darkness. But it's actually kind of a lighthearted, sweet movie in a weird way. Like essentially, they they a lot of his movies have similar themes of they're they're dark and twisted turns on the themes of like love and hope and and self-respect and, and I mean like Beetlejuice is essentially like two people love each other so much that they can't move on to the afterlife together and you know Nightmare Before Christmas is Jack Skellington learning to respect what he does and, and finding his own self-esteem and and you know uh, let's see I mean Batman is basically you know about a ninja about a ninja who <laughs> learns to live laugh and love <laughs> you want to get nuts, <laughs> but yeah, they're 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 all these really dark and twisted fantasies that at the core of there's there's a message of like positivity. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, it it's such an iconic movie, and Johnny Depp like they've done what like twenty three movies now together or something. I mean, like that. a lot, a lot of them. I know, yeah. like. I think he's. I don't know if they're married actually, but it's Hel- Helena Bonham Carter. I think they have a kid together. Uh, Tim. Burton. Yeah, I, think I don't think they're married technically, but I they've been together those, for yeah. It's forever. one of those like yeah. weird like Tim Robbins, uh, Susan Tim Sarandon. And Sue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like exactly. Goldie and Kurt or something like that. Yeah. Like I don't know if they're married, but they just, they've been together enough. That, long, you yeah. Know, yeah, you just give them the G pass on. Right, right, right. Now that's I'm, I mean, as you well know, I'm a Johnny Depp guy, and I, I watched that movie a fair amount, man. Uh, he's kind of perfectly cast in it. Yeah, he just kind of does his thing, and Winona is obviously like, she's just the shit, man. Like, give her flowers if you haven't already. Like, she's awesome, man. I mean, she she definitely plays the innocent, doe-eyed maiden in this one very well. I, it, I, but I think that it. I mean, it's a little bit too on the nose, but I think that's kind of the point: is that you know Tim Burton doesn't do anything with subtlety. It's, no, it, not it's particularly. All, so I think you know, I think that it, it was very much intended for her to be that over the top with it. Yeah, the set pieces in that movie are also, like, you're talking about everything being over the top. They're over the top, but it works so well. As, like, yeah. the color contrast of just him walking around in, like, this 
gimp, like super tight leather, it's like pale white face and like scraggly black, he jet black like, hair. And like he looks like everything. Robert Smith, but like yeah, the Wish know. version. The Wish, yeah, <laughs> the Great Value version. That's right. <laughs> Kirkland's best, Robert Smith. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so like all the set pieces are super over the top, and like all the color really pops, and it's like really really vivid. And he's just like, well, yeah, the whole neighborhood contrast. is the whole neighborhood is pastels and Easter colors, and yeah, it is. and and you know every once in a while we get like the the vibrant reds and blues and plaids and checkers, right, a lot of those. Right, yeah, right, right, right. And he's and then, just black and white. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie though. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think Tim Burton's best movie is? Ooh, his best movie. I think I mean, like his most original films are probably somewhere between like Nightmare Before Christmas. I'd say his most original is that he didn't, Edward Scissorhands. Scissorhands. I mean, and, he didn't direct that one. Though. I know he he created the okay. character of yeah. He created the world. He is the exact yeah. But um, um. So yeah, I would say that uh, Night Before Christmas, Edward Scissorhands, and. Beetlejuice are probably like, like a certain era of him, but I think his best movie as a director is probably Big Fish. Oh, he did do Big Fish. You're or, right. Honestly, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd's a really fucking I, good movie. I would have to say I, I I had completely forgotten about Big Fish, which by the way, if you haven't seen that one, that's that's another. It's all about. Dying and and passing on a legacy and and resentment. Resentment, and but but also like telling your own life story, and like yeah. the thing that you say, you know, the the thing that you say is what actually happened. The it, yeah, whether, whether or not that's true or not, that's how it happened in your head. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Big Fish, I would say probably is pretty high up there. Beetlejuice is vying for a very tight second at that yeah. point, um, and then. Honestly, I would say Pee Wee's Big Adventure is also a really, really good one. I think his it first is actually. one. I think his first one out of the gate was. It, it was it, it was landmark in terms of nothing like that had ever been seen before. I mean, to take a beloved children's character, you know, TV character, and then put him into this weird, dark tale where there's you know hallucinations and ghosts and 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 mystery and intrigue and peewee gets framed for i think murder or something like something, that yeah i think yeah. it is uh yeah it, it was this really weird like dark beautiful fantasy that kind of was for everyone and, and was a lot of fun to enjoy as as weird and, and demented as it was yeah yeah no i could, I, I could see i don't know if he was firing on all cylinders on that no but yeah. but it was a good it was a good intro of, yeah of, of well, like yeah, of his style, like yeah, stylistically. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, same thing, kind of like he was actually a really good fit for Batman as well. In I my agree. Opinion. Like, just the the city of Gotham looks so it's so Tim Burton, like very iconic. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, if I had to vote, I'd probably say Big Fish though. In terms of like him at his ability as a director to tell a, a complete, very weighty story, right? I'd say probably that one. So, um, all that being said, what do you rate Edward Scissorhands? Or unless uh, we talk about it more, I'm just we can get the review. No, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, at this point, if you haven't seen Edward Scissorhands, what's what are you doing wrong in your life? Yeah, no, Winona's really good in that movie. Uh, let's see. I'm going to give it six ice sculptures. It's pretty good. I will give it four 
beach balls. <laughs> Must handle with care. <laughs> Must handle with care in this scenario. Still, pretty good ratings. Pretty yeah, good yeah, ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, see, I speak the language. Yeah, you don't have to tell me out of what. Or it could be, you know, there's a big difference in yeah. me saying 44 beach balls. Or if I say 18 balloons. Michael would know that those are almost comparable. Sure. Almost comparable. Michael knows. Yeah. You'll, you'll pick it up. Just keep yeah. listening. We appreciate it. Yeah, six balloons will get you three and a half beach balls. I understand, yeah, I understand the, the currency rate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Still must handle delicately. Um, yeah, what else you got going on there, partner? Oh, man, it's all about me, huh? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Can. Uh, been watching the most recent Netflix series, Wednesday. Oh, I want to watch this so bad. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. watch it so bad. It's, it's a lot of fun. Again, it's Tim Burton produced, so he's, you know, I think he's executive producer and sort of like overseer, but... Uh, Man, fuck that. Let me get Barry Sonnenfeld in that bad boy. <laughs> I think he also directed the very first episode, if I'm not mistaken. He probably but, did. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's, it's you know, the story of Wednesday Adams from the infamous Adams Family and Adams Family Values. Which we love here at Watch Been Watching. We do. This we is do. like our fourth time, fourth or fifth time bringing him up on the show. Uh, but yeah, it's it's basically she goes to boarding school and it's a murder mystery. It's a little bit Scooby Doo meets Harry Potter meets Adam's Family without being too specific in either one, which to be honest I think is sort of to its detriment. I wish it would focus like a little bit more on the Adam's Family side of things, just because you know the, the whole thing. You know they're mysterious and ooky, they're quirky and kooky. You know like I. I, I, again, I, I like the idea of the 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 blend of comedy and the macabre. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it's not really delivering much on that front. It, it tends to focus more on the high school drama aspect of you know Wednesday trying to not necessarily trying like she's she's so concerned with not fitting in that it's that that's sort of it's the like- entire. I lead a rebellion of all the uncool kids, and now we're all the no, cool not kids even. by just, not being she, cool. She just, she's very unlikable. She doesn't want to be with anybody. She's, she just hates on everything. And I I think it loses a little bit of luster of the character. Like Who does play Wednesday in this one? Um, Jenna Ortega. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's is it Jenna yeah, Ortega? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, that's the name, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Don't look that up, because I think that also might be a porn star. But I might be getting no. It's just, I think she's a singer too. Okay. Yeah. But either way, uh, yeah, she does a. To be fair, she does a really, really good job of playing Wednesday as completely flat and emotionless. And that sounds weird, but that's a really, really hard thing for an actor to do. Like every instinct consistently, actor, yeah. Like every instinct as an actor is to sort of like go bigger and and sort of like push it. You know, like like push the limit of, of facial expressions or, or like how would somebody really like trying to find the truth of, 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 of a scene or of a, 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 an emotion. And so for her to just remove all emotion and just, I mean, she's very monotone. It's almost like, like Mr. Freeze or something from the Batman animated series, you know, like she sounds just like this in every single interaction. Who I think it was Christina Ricci um, played the first one. Well, I know that. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think she was talking about like when she was being directed by Barry Sonnenfeld in the movies in um, Adam Family and Adam Family Value. She's like, you couldn't go flat enough. Like if you thought that you were doing it too flat, like you can't. Right. No, I lied. That was not her. I'm sorry. I was thinking of um, Tara Strong. I watched an interview with her 
when she was talking about her doing Raven. I apologize. Uh, still, Raven is of the Teen Titans and is also very much so Wednesday right. Adams and the fact of everything is like this and yeah, here, doggy, let's have a good time, doggy. Like, and she was saying like, no matter how flat she got, it was never yeah, like wanted to push it more, more, right. more like flatter, like less, less, less. So it might be kind of the same thing there, where like if you think you're overdoing it, you're probably right where you need to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've heard really good things about the show, but yeah, it's it's like I said, it's fun and it's it's pretty entertaining. I just it it it's not quite hitting the the spot that I thought it was going to. Which, again, it's not to say that it's bad or whatever, just, I, it's like biting into a piece of fruit and you're expecting one flavor and it's just kind of, it's not, it's a little bit more tart or a little bit more sweet or a little bit more like, it's just not, uh, it's, it's not ripe enough, you know? I gotcha. No, I feel, I've said it before on this, it's kind of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I appreciate all the feedback on that. I've actually had people text me and some of my coworkers apparently listen to the show so of course you do well, I appreciate it though well I mean we have millions of millions of there. yeah I but mean, the few that reach we back are the number us. one podcast universally yeah multiversally definitely. <laughs> definitely oh shit you got the new numbers okay. yeah yeah oh. the new numbers are oh, right. I haven't seen those yet okay. there's alternate verse out there where Joe Rogan uh, just didn't take off ever <laughs> he's ass out yeah. here <laughs> um, no um God, what was I saying before that? Episode? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was saying about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, we've said it about them, too. Same thing with me with the Adams Family. I'm not, like, gatekeeping it. Like, more Adams Family, the better. The yeah. longer, like, they're in the public eye, the more attention it brings to the old movies or the old TV show. Like, I'm completely cool with it, man. Like, I love the Adams Family. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Who isn't... Okay, so... He's going to get my underrated performance of the week, even though I haven't seen him as this. Louis, uh, Louis, Louis Guzman? Guzman. Yeah, Guzman. Underrated performer of the week. Sorry I fucked up your name there. But Louis <laughs> Guzman, uh, that dude's been in everything, man. Oh, yeah. He's he was been in, in, he was in freaking uh, he was in Carlito's Face. Way. Oh, Carlito's <laughs> Way. That's Carlito's. right. Yeah. He's been in everything, man. Yeah, he's he was a, in Waiting. He's, he's been, hilarious in Waiting. Yeah. He he's, was in Community. They they dedicated a statue to him. Yeah, he's, he's the dude. So he's my underrated performance of the week. Um, so he's Gomez. Who yeah. is the? Are they in it at all? Like, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. but yeah, like, yeah, do yeah. they play any significant role at all, or not really? Uh, they sort of set up the first episode in terms of they they're that it's, the framing it, device. Yeah, it's uh, it's Luis Guzman as Gomez Adams and Catherine Zeta Jones as Morticia. You know, and so they sort of are the exposition dump at the very beginning of the first episode in terms of like explaining why Wednesday is going to the school and she's been kicked out of all of her public schools so far. You know, she's been to like, I want to say like eight schools in five years and keeps getting moved around. So they send her to the like, it's basically Harry Potter. It's called Nevermore. And it's, you know, the, the, the cliques are gorgons, vampires, werewolves, freaks, and ghosts. Really? Yeah, those are the clicks. Okay. All right, kind of mean girlsy a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. But but again, it's it's the inverse of that because Wednesday is so concerned with seeming unconcerned that it it, it becomes her whole life and her whole her, her whole like daily motivation. Yeah, the irony in it. You concern yourself so much with being unconcerned. That you find yourself concerned with being unconcerned. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's almost like she's her whole her whole shtick is she's she's trying to play too cool for school and everybody but her realizes like, no, sweetheart, you are right where you need to be. Don't worry about it. Like Yeah. 
You know, I want to check it out, though, man. I know it's all the rave. It's been number one on Netflix for since like fuck since it like came out, which is yeah, about yeah, a week yeah. ago at this point. So yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm four episodes into out of eight, eight, I yeah. think. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna watch the second half and we'll let you know how that one goes. But hell to the yeah, man. Hell to the yeah. Uh, do you want to take a quick break, real quick? Uh, yeah, just real quick. Or you got any other on your list? We can wrap that up. Uh, let's see. I got, ooh, I got one more, but we can, uh, save it for, uh, after the break if you want to, because I think this is one that you might have seen as well. I, it's what I think it is. Is it a certain holiday special? It is a certain holiday special. Okay. So, well, yeah, before, before we do that, I'm going to give, uh, the Adams, or I'm going to give Wednesday, uh, two snaps. That was perfect. God damn. <laughs> I didn't even want to break that silence, but if we went to break right then, they'd be like, what happened? <laughs> oh, man. We might have to edit around that. But if we don't, uh, we will be right back from our sponsor, Blinkers. Blinkers. Fucking use them. <laughs> and thank you from our sponsors, Blinkers. On your steering wheel, to the left, there is a little knob that will indicate which way you're trying to fucking turn. Blinkers. Use them, goddammit. Anyways. Um, yeah, I say that because I'm having to drive to and from Tampa. Like, <laughs> two times in fucking 48 hours. Ugh, God lord. Um, I, know in the, I know I'm in the far left lane, but I need to turn right now. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, um, but you were saying... Oh, saw the recent Guardians of the Galaxy... Christmas holiday special, I think I'm titling yeah. that right. The Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, I believe okay. it's just called. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, you want to come back to it? Sure, man. What else you been watching? Ah, there it is. Uh, so I'll keep it in the um, the Christmas spirit of things. Uh, I've been watching a little bit of Always Sunny. Uh, still, I went back and watched the Christmas episode. Uh, so kind of just on my Always Sunny kick. That's what I've been kind of chilling out and watching at the end of the night while I wind down. Did you? Fuck. My mom. God bless Charlie. He's such a sweet guy. Um, not really, but he is though. Um, yeah, I, I was think I was listening also to the Always Sunny podcast, and they actually said something that I've always thought in my head. Um, I was okay. yeah, like oh. Mac. Um, that could be I don't know, whatever. If so, on the next episode of What You've Been Watching. Um, Hello, boy. <laughs> Yeah, Marcus is super stereotypical shit. <laughs> um, no. Um, uh, on the Always Sunny podcast, uh, they were talking about, uh, they were they did the final episode of season four, which is The Nightman Cometh. Mm-hmm. And they had Lin-Manuel Miranda, and the, I forget the other guy who wrote um, wrote the music for The Nightman Cometh as well. Manuel Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I should Google his name, but it's on the Always Sunny podcast, um, which you can listen to after you complete the listening of this here podcast. Um, but they said uh, that was that was the final season or episode of season four, and they said something at the end. They go, "I think," because somebody said, "Do you think that this is our best season?" And I always thought that four, five, and six, maybe up to seven. Mm-hmm. was kind of like their sweet spot. The, the glory days. And then Mac kind of got fat, I think, in season seven or eight. And then it was like... And they kinda, like that, yeah. And that made for a whole different set of like... I think that was their sweet spot was like... But um, he said... When they asked the question of was season four your best season, they said, no, I think five and six are. Only because this season is where things really started to hum. 
mm-hmm. where we really got into the rhythm of we at least by this point knew what the show was and what we weren't. Right. He said, but we doubled down on it in the next in the next season where anything that doesn't work, we just don't do anymore. Like right. anything that we find like issue with or take umbrage with, we they said that we spend too much time explaining why the the gang gets into the situations they're in as opposed to just going Here's the setup, go. And we're right. going to watch them play instead of like, right. they needed a reason to get into all these things. So like, they and they do a good job of one of the episodes in season four, the gang cracks the Liberty Bell, where it's just like, the cold opening is boom. Hey, we're trying to get into the historical society because it'll bring more traffic, foot traffic to right. Patty's Pub so we can up business. And that's it. And it's the premise. That's the premise. And then we're going to tell you this fucking ridiculous story about how Patty's is a part of Philadelphia history. Right, right. Part of the Revolutionary War. Yeah, and, and all that. And, and really, right. they have nothing to do with it except for the fact that people leave the, the, the pub at the very end and scare the people that are carrying the Liberty Bell and they drop it. <laughs> so, like, the whole story really has nothing to do with the Liberty Bell until the last, like, 10 seconds. And then Dee takes off on a broom and flies away like a witch. And right. So, they double down on all that going into season five and after I've been that's kind of where I'm at right now okay and I can actually see what they were saying I was like man you're right they do kind of they start to just go hey here's what's working like the gang's gonna buy a boat boom like instead of setting up like oh what gets them to buy the boat doesn't matter the gang wants to buy a boat it's focusing on the fucked up scenario that they find themselves in as opposed to building into the scenario yeah because ultimately and we've sort of discussed this before like the gang doesn't learn anything, so the setup why they why they are in the situation they're in doesn't really matter. All that we care about is that they're in this situation. Like, oh, they're on a boat this time. Cool. All right, they're at the park this time. All right, cool. They're, it's they're yeah. at a swinger convention. They're at a whatever. What like all the setup doesn't matter. Just yeah. I Dennis, just want to. Yeah, Dennis wants to start having anonymous sex. Cool. Here's what happens when he wants to do that. And like, right. okay, the why he wants to have it's not as important as to what happens once they've decided. Because as we all know, the gang, once they get something in their head, they're going to plot and scheme to do it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, they also on the on that episode of that podcast, they were talking about the funny part. Like one of the funny parts of that is what they were asking is like, does anybody actually just write a musical just to write a musical on the Nightman Cometh? That's one of the cold openings. And right. he's like, nobody. You know, it opens up with Charlie going like, "We're gonna write you to a what does he say? Um, uh, to a show, a show, a lovely show." And he's like singing about it, like, and "Like, what are you doing?" And they're like, "I wrote a musical." And they go, "Why?" He's like, I, "I don't know. I just wrote a musical." And they go, "Okay, who's the mark?" And that's the first <laughs> thing they want to know is like, well, "Who are we scamming? What? Right. What's the con?" Yeah, what's the con? Like, who, who's the mark here? And they're like, "No one. Like, no, there is no. I just wrote a musical. Turns out he did to propose to the waitress, but so which is just." fucked up in its own way sure sure at the very end he's so bad it's uh after he proposes to her she goes to the to the uh the play because charlie says like look if you just go to the play i won't stalk you anymore i won't bother you anymore i'll just leave you alone yeah just i'll I'll leave you alone and she's like you promise he's like yeah yeah yeah." and so he he writes the whole play to propose for she goes is that it he's like yeah she's like what do you say he's like no and now i won't be seeing you around anymore and charlie ultimately just goes well, I didn't actually sign anything, so <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but like I said, long way of saying, but like they really do kind of lock in on like here's the premise: like Charlie right. writes a fucking musical, and they started to kind of find that by season four, and then you can tell four, five, six, and kind of moving forward. Sure, they're just like 
here we go. Right. So this it's kind of if you haven't listened to that podcast and you're a fan of the show, it's pretty interesting. They they do a watch along where they don't really watch it like while you watch it, but they they talk about an episode and what they remember of because by now the episode's like 15 years old. Sure. Like so they're like trying to recall what they remember about it. Like it'll say like oh this is the episode Sweet D gets a heart attack. They may only talk about the episode for like ten minutes, like or intermittently in and out. Like the the host of it, uh, Megan, try the producer kind of brings them back every once in a while, or we'll circle back to the show. But a lot of times it's just them talking shit and telling stories. So sounds like an awesome podcast. Yeah, it sounds very familiar premise. I'm not sure if I can agree with this. Yeah, exactly. I think Dub B Dub here might have a uh, litigious situation on our hands. <laughs> litigious. Word of the day, litigious. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. But yeah, I've been so watching some Sunny. Watched the Christmas episode. Enjoyed that. Um, watched uh, Elf, or the last... Uh, Elf is, I would say... Would you call it a Christmas classic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for like a certain generation. Like, there's, there's a group of kids that's slightly younger than us that grew up on that and that is something they will probably watch every year for the rest of their lives shout out to Johnny Favs for creating Iron Man (laughs) and Elf and Mandalorian so shout out to you buddy and being in Swingers and Swingers yeah which he didn't yeah whatever but um yeah true story though I had I was alive and very well when Elf was in theaters and didn't see it in theaters as opposed to being dead and poor now yes exactly yes yeah (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, I was very, still very poor, but yes, um, but never saw it in theaters. And then I like knew the references of like, oh, sit on a game, of, or you sit on a throne of lies, and yeah. da, 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 da. did not see the movie. The first time I saw it was two years ago. Really? Yep. In its entirety. Interesting. It was on like it's on every Christmas. So, sure. Like, I've seen bits and pieces. Like I know when he went to, it's not a Macy's, but the Macy's, and he decorates everything. Like mm-hmm. no part of it, you know. Like I, I'd seen. Um, like the the initial premise or whatever, but like never sat down and watched the whole thing till I went into a theater. They were replaying it two years ago. It was the first time I watched it in its entirety. Nice. So I went back and watched. Um, I think I I caught like the first thirty minutes, and then I had to go do something, and then I caught like the last probably forty five. I probably only missed like twenty to maybe thirty minutes of the movie tops. Okay. But um, fucking really good movie, man. Like oh, it really it's, holds it's, up. It's man. Will Ferrell just being his glorious silly Will Ferrell self and just given free reign to like do whatever he wants and you know it's it's Johnny Fab just pointing a camera at him just being like just feel free to explore the room go ahead yeah. do, do whatever you want more cowbell go right ahead yeah go right ahead yeah man and he he really embraced that um also, shout out to Faison Love in that movie. Uh-huh. He's legitimately, he doesn't say much. He doesn't have a lot of lines. But the looks he gives Buddy the Elf, Will Ferrell, <laughs> are fucking classic. He just looks at him without saying it. Like, you are the dumbest piece of shit I've ever met <laughs> in my life. And you exhaust me on every level. But he doesn't say that. He just looks at him a certain way. Like That sounds like a horrible insult. Like, if you said that to somebody in real life, like, you exhaust me on everything. Every level. Like, that would hurt. I would feel really bad about that. That's the hate in my heart, Michael. <laughs> I was off the top of my head, too. But he does. He looks at him like that, though, man. He doesn't say a lot, but he's really funny in that movie, in my opinion. So go back if you haven't seen Elfin. Just check out Faison Love's reaction shots. Fucking really funny. Nice. Nice. What do you, what do you give it? What's the rating? I will give it... 
One valley of candy canes. A whole valley of candy, of candy canes? canes? Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of Christmas spirit, man. Wow. As I'm getting older, man, I kind of like... I kind of do believe in the Christmas spirit a little bit more. <laughs> bah humbug. Yeah, like I'm not... <laughs> and it's not like... I don't give a fuck about like... I mean, obviously I like getting free stuff, but like... <laughs> Like, if somebody's like, dude, I, I don't have the money for a Christmas gift, like, I don't give a shit. I don't right. expect anything. Right. If somebody right. goes out of the way and gives me something, like, that's awesome. But, like, as much as I think people want to say, like, oh, fuck that holiday, there is something about it if you allow yourself to kind of get into the groove of, like, like I said, I, I told you on the podcast before, like, I was watching the movie uh, Spirited, the Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. and Will Ferrell movie. It's a musical, whatever. And, like, it wasn't necessarily the movie. It is, there is some emotional scenes in it, but, like, I was just kind of in a moment. And it kind of like made me cry a little bit, and I think there is something, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more in the in the upcoming Guardians thing we're going to okay. talk about. But I think I'm kind of getting to be a sucker for Christmas a little bit. Oh. As I'm getting older, like I'm getting more sensitive about things. I can hear your brittle bones breaking right in yeah, front of my ears, exactly. As you crumble the dust and hope. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'm more optimistic. Maybe I'm just enjoy the finer things. Maybe I'm understanding finally after all these years. Pussy! Call it what you will, buddy. <laughs> Call it what you will. Um, to pivot outside of that, though, uh, also, constantly at the house, there's a Simpsons rotation. Um, yeah. Sawyer, uh, Angie's son, um, constantly on the Simpsons. So yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. tune in and watch some episodes, man. Fucking funny show, dude. I don't I don't get the hate for the Simpsons, man. If you just sit back and like just let it ride, fucking really good, man. No, I, again, I think that they, they, they had a, their... Glory years. There, there was definitely a period of time where The Simpsons was awesome. Yeah, I think it's become a little long in the tooth. It's sort of become a parody of itself. Apparently, it does gangbusters overseas. Like it's one of the top rated shows in every country. So yeah, um, so it's not going away anytime soon. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I, 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 not that I have a problem with The Simpsons. I just I think it's it's it had its heyday. You know it. it it was really, really great for a long, long time, but it's just sort of, it, it's it's worn on its welcome a little bit. Yeah, I just mean like, and I and I don't disagree with any of what you said. I just mean like, if you just kind of are in the moment and it's on, like we watch it a lot while we're eating dinner because Sawyer becomes indecisive on what to watch and he's just like, fuck it, Simpsons. So I probably sure. catch a good episode or two damn near a night, you know? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um, mean, it, it, it is great background, like, or it is great in terms of, there's always a Simpsons episode that you have never seen before. Probably, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's just by sheer number, there's got to be at least one that you haven't seen before. Yeah. And and so there, there's always something new to discover, or at least in the very like everyone can agree on it, and you can just sort of randomly pick an episode and go from there. But you know, it's 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 like it's it's cheap comfort food. You know, yeah. It's, it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know, like right. I just mean occasionally, like. I'll not like really know an episode, especially a lot of the newer episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped watching after about like fucking season twenty two, um, but um, there's still sometimes some jokes that I've either forgotten that will actually make me laugh out loud, or it's a new episode and I'm like, ah, eh, the new ones aren't funny, and then they'll hit me with like one joke an episode. They're like, that's pretty fucking funny actually, <laughs> yeah. and laugh out loud. Yeah. Recently, I was watching an episode and Homer was for whatever reason was buying an RV. Mm-hmm. And they go to run his credit, and an alarm goes off, <laughs> and like paper starts flying everywhere. And Homer's like, "Is this a good thing?" He's like, "Mr. Simpson, there's no such thing as a good alarm." 
<laughs> it's just a really funny joke. Like the delivery was so funny. There's no such thing as a good alarm. Yeah, it's actually really funny. Yeah, so it, it like it kind of caught me slipping, and I was actually happy with that one. So um, been on my Simpsons kick still, but again, I probably catch an episode probably a fucking night or in the background while I'm working or something sure. like that. Sorry, yeah. I have it on. So I still say somewhat versed in the Simpsons, but um, yeah, I, I do love that show. Interesting thing though, I other caught was um. The making of She-Hulk. What'd you think? I really get into those uh, Marvel Assembled yeah. things, man. I, I really dig them. Um, I, I think She-Hulk got a bad rap, man. Like I do it. I I think a lot of times, uh, and just and it's okay if that's your honest opinion of something. If it conforms with what everybody else is saying, and that's mm-hmm. your honest opinion, then cool. Like it just happens to sure, be synonymous. Sure. But, but like, there there also is a problem of, of piling on of, something yeah, jumping because, on the bandwagon and oh fuck and it because it's like what like what's your real beef with it? And we've talked about it. it's like I understand some of yours like kind of missed the mark to you in some ways. Well, th- th- there's a certain line of are you did you actually watch it? Did you actually try to get invested in it? Or like what preconceived notions did you bring into this like watching it? You know, like like if. If you think something's going to suck for months and months and months and months, and then you watch the first 10 minutes just to see if it sucks... It's probably going to suck. It's probably going to suck. You know what I mean? So there is a certain certain aspect of... Did you give it an honest try, or were you bringing in preconceived notions? Or did you see it... See it at all? Or are you just, you know, basing it off of everything that you've read? You know, so... It, it depends, you know, and, and unfortunately, you, you have to get to know someone and understand what their intrinsic value is of, of certain things in order to, to get their perspective on things. Otherwise, like, how the fuck do I know what your, your basis is, you know? No, I'm fucking full, full, full agreement over here, man. It's, we've talked about it before. It's the contempt prior to investigation. Yes. Or if you just see people piling on it and you're like, oh, the finale fucking sucks. And then you go and you're like, and then you go watch the finale. You're like, oh yeah, it does fucking suck, and you jump on board. Fuck, what is he saying? Um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, the internet is a place where people come to. No, no, no. Talk he says uh, Serber, No, not Serpico. Jumps on. Um, how? Whatever. It's when he's Ben Affleck's doing the scene, showing them everyone talking shit about Jay and Silent Bob. And he's like, "Who's with me?" And he's like, and then a bunch of other people jump on and use the reference message right, board. Right, here. right. Whatever it was. Can't remember. Fuck it. I fucked it up. But, uh, <laughs> we'll cut around that. Whatever. Um, you can leave it in. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I, that show got a bad rap though, man. I think so. Um, Jessica Chow, the the showrunner for it, um, really had a passion for it. She had said like a long time ago, she went in and pitched She-Hulk to Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Feige was like, like, no, I think it was it was another show. Or it was like, a, I think it was Captain Marvel. She was like, all right, pitch me a Captain Marvel movie. And ultimately it was Captain Marvel, but it was just like She-Hulk with Captain Marvel in it. And Kevin okay. Feige was like, not quite what we're looking for, but... And uh, she had said, hey, if you ever do She-Hulk, call me. Or jokingly said, or I'll come burn down, burn this place to the ground or something like that. Sure. And then she uh, heard at like a D23 that they were doing a She-Hulk show. And she was like, man, fuck that. Like, started getting joking. Like, in the interview, she jokingly gets pissed off and was like, I'm going to burn this place down. And I was about to call Kevin, and he called me and was like, hey, come pitch She-Hulk. And she ended up getting it. Sure. And um, she hired a, a, one of the writers, apparently. Like, I love when stories like this work out. She actually was a huge fan of the She-Hulk um, uh, uh, run. Apparently, oh, the... the- 
The She-Hulk John Byrne run. John Byrne, yeah, the right. John Byrne run. Yeah, that they where she's the breaking the fourth from. wall and and talking to the, yeah. to the audience and and yeah. her apparently her boyfriend or fiance or something like that one one of the two maybe husband whatever it was some person in her life had all those issues still nice. like went over to his parents' house with her and were like he was so excited was like you're writing that like holy shit and like isn't it great when geek credibility pays, pays out off, where you're just yeah. like I've been preparing for this my entire, my entire life. life. And yeah, pulled all of it, and she was saying that like she and her friends used to gather around and read them and stuff, and maybe that's just some shit that you tell Kevin Feige to get the fucking job. That's what I would do. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would but, lie my ass off. Yeah, but either way, like they, if you look at the source material and what they were going for, they did it. Like You mm. might not like the direction they took it, but the direction that they wanted to go, they executed it fucking perfectly. Like, so, I don't know, man. It, it was just interesting to see. I like going behind the scenes on stuff, and um... Tatiana, I'm always Maslani. Maslani, yeah. I was gonna say Misley, whatever. Maslani. Um, she had never done a comedic thing before, and so I think all things considered, she did a really good job. I didn't know that. Oh, she was charming as shit during the entire show. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't have any problems with the show, like in particular. Like I, I think it's perfectly serviceable and well crafted. It's just not my particular flavor of Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? Like, like, And that's nothing that they can help. It's just not something that I really enjoy, you know? like I do like the fact that while they were writing the show, they obviously you have to write the show and film it before it gets released, but they pretty much knew that there was going to be a bunch of internet trolls and haters oh, and shit like that. And so the whole, like, They started offering that into the oh, show. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. And, like, dude... And they're like, oh, it was so on the nose, like just serving it right back to people being like, look, we know what's going to happen. You guys are going to shit on this for whatever reason you can. Because sure. it's this and that and the third, or it's a girl show and da 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 da. Or it's too much uh, CGI spectacle. Like they hit all those nails. Like anything that could possibly be shit on about sure. this show. They're just like, whatever, man. Like, why can't I just do my fucking thing? Well, yeah, in the, in the finale where she's talking to Kevin, the, yeah. the AI robot, and, you know, he says, you know, she she says, "I need to talk to you." And he goes, "Yes, but before we do that, I need you to transform back into your Jennifer Walters form." And she's like, "Well, yeah, I can just do that." She's like, "No, no, I need you to do it off screen because all the CGI artists are taking a break right now, and it's going to be way too expensive." And so you just literally hear her transform off screen, <laughs> yeah. and it cuts back, and it's her. She's yeah. like, "Is this good?" And he's like, "Much better, much better." Yeah, <laughs> you just saved us fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I dug it though, man. Like I said, the fact that they paid reverence to the fact that they knew exactly what comic book run they were going to have influenced them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, this is what we're going with. It's going to be a, a court procedural show. We're going to do it comedically. Sorry. Like, that's just what's happening. Yeah. Again, um, again. Like I said, I, I don't have any problem with the show itself. Just not something. If, if it was anything other than a Marvel, like, if, if that was an independent show removed from, from the Marvel universe. I probably wouldn't watch it because it just the, the the subject matter doesn't really interest me. No, I got you. But do you feel though? And I've I've read this a lot, and I can't I can see where the argument is coming from that they're kind of bastardizing a lot of their really popular characters. Like between Thor and Chris Chris Hemsworth made the comment about like I won't work half jokingly. Uh, I think he was serious though when he was saying like, I don't want to work with any mad genius directors anymore. Um, talking about in reference to Taika Waititi, sure. And like they kind of bastardized Thor and made him a joke. 
some people feel they did the same thing with She-Hulk. Some people feel like they're doing it with some of the other characters where they're just not giving them the reverence well, I mean, that they want. In, in my honest opinion, welcome to the world of comic books because it's happened over and over and over and over and over on every single character that you hold dear has gone through some period in their history where uh, they're kind of making a mockery of this or, oh man, like this writer really doesn't understand the material or like, you know, it, it, it almost becomes a parody of itself. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. They absolutely are doing that. However, is it anything new to the comic book world? No, not at all. Just give it five to 10 years when they reboot everything and then they'll bring in new writers and new concepts and new ideas about the characters and they'll find something else you love, you know? Like, it's it's why we get to argue today on who's the best Spider-Man or who's the best Joker or who's the best, you know, yeah. what have you. Like, because there's been so many, not even just comic book iterations, but film iterations, television iterations, to where we can have that discussion and say, you know what? Mark Hamill's the best Joker. Well, yeah, that's definitive law. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know though, man. It's I do kind of understand where people are coming from, where they're just making their characters a joke and like all like they're like I'm like almost not allowed to be serious in some instances. I think it's an oversimplification, and I think they're looking at a few characters and painting the entire. Because like Black Panther two, there was nothing, there was no like joke about Shuri. Like it was a oh, no. fucking burden for her to be Black Panther, right? Like, I, it, which is why I really appreciated that. Same movie. thing with Jane Foster. She was it was a burden for her to be Thor. Sure, was, hey, sure. I'm fighting cancer. And I don't want to die. Which is really why I appreciated those characters because they're the first heroes that we've had in a long time in the Marvel universe that actually have something at stake, yeah. or or something to lose, or some sort of like gravity to their situation, as opposed to just like I get to be a hero. Yeah. 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 A little bit. Um, Staying in the uh, Marvel vein or whatever, did you see the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer? Oh, yeah, I did. Bro, that shit is... There's going to be some Guardians that don't make it out of that movie. I can guarantee you, you're going to see a room full of 40-year-old like dad bod peoples crying their eyes out because the scene where... and it, it only lasts for like three seconds, but little baby Rocket in the cage... And that scientist's hand is reaching into him, and it's like all backlit and silhouetted and stuff. Yep. And then they cut to him, and he's got the big, like, raccoon baby eyes, and he's crying and fearful. Like, I wanted to bawl my eyes out just on that scene alone, or like just on like the few images that I had seen. So I can't imagine what's going to happen when I actually see that played out, and be like, "You little, little baby, baby raccoon, he's so brave." He's a brave raccoon. Apparently, the footage they showed at Comic Con like had everybody crying. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Did you see him hug his little otter girlfriend? Yes, I Dude, did he see gets it. A little otter girlfriend. I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see or it. Or boyfriend. I don't know. Whatever. Don't know. I don't care. Otter companion. It could be just a buddy. I don't give a shit. Whatever it is. Whatever he wants to do. Raccoon it. and otter. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Oh, there was no punchline there. It was just, I didn't expect you to sing that. Thought you were gonna keep going, but you didn't. It's all good though. Um, yeah, dude, that thing is gonna be dope, though, man. They kind of there's definitely you can tell by like the the voiceover of Rocket. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he's making it out. I don't think Drax is making nope. it out. Uh, the Guardians are gonna look very, very different. 
it's getting way too expensive to keep certain people around is all I'll say yeah, because uh, there's a lot of people wanting more and more and more cash for this I and you know it, not to spoil anything but Dave Batista has already expressed that he wants to move on to other projects and and other franchises and stuff you know he, he's pretty much said point blankly like I want to be the rock. I want to be the guy that you bring in to like revitalize the franchise and make a million dollars, and then I get to, you know, gracefully exit, and move on to the next project. So. Yeah, he's he seemed like I know when he was in the WWE and fighting and stuff like that, he kind of had outside of the ring like kind of an asshole thing about him. A little bit. A little I, that's bit. what I've heard. I, I have no idea. What again? Wild speculation. But he's apparently he's calmed down. Like, he seems like a really really nice guy. Like. In, like, his acting mode. Like, I, I know the RZA was saying that, like, in one of the interviews he had when he was doing uh, Man with the Iron Fist mm-hmm. that he was in, he was saying that, like, um, he kind of addressed it a little bit of, like, man, like, Dave Bautista's been working on meditation and kung fu and, like, so he's really adopted, like, a much more peaceful mindset. And it can, I, again, I don't know the guy. I'm just wild. Sure, just what sure. I've heard by some fucking source that... But it seems like he's a pretty humble dude, actually, man. He like, is. He is. I, I think the problem with him is is that he's one of those guys to where whatever he's into, he takes it 100% seriously. So whether it's bodybuilding, which is what got him you know, into the whole thing in the first place, or pro wrestling, or acting, or you know, trying to find certain motivations for roles, I think he's just the type of guy to where... He throws himself 110% into it, no matter what it is. And maybe sometimes people have a hard time keeping up with that or like dealing with the change of, of activities and, and emotions. And, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like maybe it's just a little bit, not that he's going overboard, but just he it's focuses a, solely on that. He gets a little hyper-focused and everything yeah. else might, yeah. 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 Possibly. I don't know. I was saying, he seems like a humble dude though. And he seems like he... I mean, he was willing to, like, you know, like, he was going to bat for James Gunn. Like, when all that oh, shit yeah. went down, he was like, that's my dude. You fire him. Like, fuck that. I'm not coming back. Right. Like, right. Right. Which I respect a lot. So, um, but yeah, he's he's very been very clear about, like, I don't want to do Guardians anymore. Yeah. And I know Zoe Saldana had made a comment recently. I know she has, like, twins. She's, like, two or three kids, I think. Mm-hmm. I know she had a set of twins. Um and she had said something. I don't know if this means like an official resignation or anything, but she is in like nine different franchises. Right. She was in Star Trek. She, she was got in the Avatar. Avatar yeah. She's in Marvel. She, well, I'm sure I'm missing one or two, but yeah, yeah, yeah. She had said Mario. She's in the uh, she fucking. She's in a lot of stuff, man. It was some. I'm sure I'm missing one or two, but yeah. um, she was saying that like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of done doing franchise pictures at this point, so. Maybe she's just taking a break from it now that Guardians cool. is yeah. done, but she's certainly earned it. She's been in some big shit, man. Either way, it, it looks like the movie's going to be a grand closure on sort of what we know as the definitive Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, the roster's definitely going to change. There's definitely going to be some sort of, like, I, maybe not bringing in new characters, but some sort of, of power dynamic shift to where, like, okay... James Gunn is done now. Now we might hand it off to a new director in a new direction. Well, James Gunn is definitely done. He's He came back to finish no, this I, trilogy. Right. And he's moving on to be the head of DC, which is, I think, a great move right. on their part. Great move. But I, I mean, get the guy who's the most like Kevin Feige without being Kevin Feige. And understands the system that yes. he works in. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. James Gunn is probably a pretty solid choice, yeah. for sure. It's either that or you go after John Favreau. 
he's already locked in at yeah. Disney too much, and he's right. doing Mandalorian shit, so good luck. Right, right, so, exactly. Mm, good luck prying that away. Saying all that, um, with all the Guardians changes and things like that, we have watched the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, which we teased earlier, and now we shall deliver upon said promise of discussion. See? It's like a Christmas present. It's like a Christmas present indeed. Um, just came out on Disney+, Plus. I think about a week ago now, so by the time you get this, probably about a month, about sure. a month, like right after Thanksgiving, I think it came out. Dude, what did you think about it, man? I think, personally, between the Werewolf by Night and the, the special they did, keep it coming, Marvel. Like, yeah, keep yeah, it coming. Yeah. More and, of those. Little, and not little... even necessarily for just holidays. Like, just... No, no, just... I'm fine with one-shots. Yeah, yeah, just... Again, yeah, yeah. Like, like you know how on the on the Marvel DVDs they would have the, the one-shot episodes that sort of tell the, tell the stories in between the stories of, like, there's uh, Agent Coulson on his way to go... Uh, Traveling to Thor's hammer when it crashed in the in the Arizona desert. Um, there's hail to the king. Hail to the king, which is which is the uh, Trevor Slattery. Trevor Slattery. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, yeah. Trevor, Slattery. Trevor Slattery. Ben Kingsley's character yeah. in prison, and he says somebody that somebody wants to meet you, and he finds out ultimately that there is a real Mandarin. Right, and he's mad at him for impersonating him and stuff like that. Right, right. Yeah. So just yeah, more of those. It just just. Tangential stories, not having to include anything that's going on in the main Marvel universe or anything that has to do with focusing on the movies. It, it doesn't need to be revelatory in terms of you have to have seen this in order to understand that. Just just a little side story, just for your own enjoyment. I love it. It's great. Those are some of the best comic books too. It's like a well written one shot, man. Yeah. It's like you'll go to the comic book store and it's just like limited one of one, and it'll just like like what is this? This is starting a new like limited series. Like no, it's just a one shot. Yeah. Get some really good books in there, man. I mean, or, or even like certain mini series, like Kingdom Come is a is a great DC mini mini series that I want to say ran for like eight issues, nine issues, whatever like it that. is. Yeah. Um. But. You don't have to have seen. You don't have to have to have read any other DC comic book beforehand to understand what's going on. Well, like they, DC does Elseworlds, which is like their multiverse. They do Elseworld shit better than anybody. Where sure. It's just like single. Hey, just here's the universe. Go. And it's oh shit. These are really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Batman Noel was a yeah, great, another one. great, uh, great holiday read. By the way, that's another good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm all about these these one shots that Marvel's doing, man. Like I I really enjoyed Werewolf by Night. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this holiday special too, man. Um, it's corny as hell. It is. It's corny it's, as hell. It is, it is definitely more family friendly uh, affair in terms of it, it's a lot more goofy cartoonish action like I don't think there's really any violence in it I mean I think at the worst Drax flips over a cop car but even then you have the funny scene of Mantis you know coming to check on him and be like we apologize for ruining your your holidays and then she hands him the big giant candy cane like you can have this the little I want, man yeah I, I wanted to keep it but it, you deserve it yeah yeah um, I loved it man it's a lot of Christmas spirit the premise is ultimately uh, the the special opens with the story of how Yondu uh, ruined Christmas for Peter Quill and Craglin. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, they're wrapping gifts, and Peter Quill's like, but it's Christmas. And Yondu's like, it sounds like cinnamon, which is just a funny line. <laughs> that sounds like cinnamon, old boy. Out here in the rigors of space, that'll get you killed. 
which is just funny. Reavers don't take nothing for yeah, free. Hand they earn it. Yeah. yeah. And so he stomps his Christmas tree into the... He's like, I hate Christmas! Yeah, he's ba- he grinches out, basically. He grinches out, which is just funny. It's animated and it's hand-drawn and whatever. So, Plus, Michael Rooker's great. Yeah, Michael Rooker's great, man. Um, and so then, really what happened... And then it cuts to present day. And they do something. And, oh my God, I've been so excited to tell you about this. And it's... <laughs> It's not even like it's. it's you the, can't. You can't see his facial expression. I'm right flaring now. my arms. He is literally flailing his arms like he's having a stroke right now. I love it, dude. <laughs> they do something in this, and you're gonna be like, "That's what you were excited about." Yes, that's what it is. They give. And I, I. This is why I was harsh on when we did the "What's Wrong with Spawn" thing uh-huh. about it. Which, by the way, brilliant title. Let me reiterate that. Yes, we great episode. Go it was back. A great and episode. Great title. Aptly named. Perfect. Well, we we crushed Spawn. Nobody ever needs to talk about Spawn. <laughs> no articles written. Not about the new movie. The new movie, maybe the old movie. We've covered it all. We're the pinnacle. We're the it gets pinnacle. No we achieve greatness there. So, um, but um, they do, and we ripped that movie apart for it because they will have they'll introduce things, and you'll go, where the fuck did that come from? And all you have to do is just have literally one line of dialogue to explain it. Sure. They do that twice in this show, in this special, and it fucking made my heart sore. At one point, um, they, when they introduce the Guardians, they say, um, the Craglin's telling the story about how Yondu ruined Christmas. And he goes, and that's why Peter Quill hates Christmas. And they go, okay, well maybe we can bring him some Christmas joy. And Nebula says something, and it's one line of dialogue, and it explains everything. She goes... Ever since we bought Nowhere, and then she goes on and says, we've been so busy that Peter's been nonstop. It might do him some good. Sure. It fucking made my day because it explained everything that was going on, and it was such a simple line of dialogue. It wasn't even about, the the line of dialogue wasn't even about that they bought Nowhere. The subject of it was the fact that they were busy. That was just explaining the why. And it was a throwaway line of dialogue which explained a tremendous amount right. about what was going on with the Guardians and it what they've been up to. It completely established where they are now since we've last seen them. And like, I was like, oh, they went from being Ravagers and now they've bought nowhere from the collector. From the collector. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. one line. And like, again, the line of dialogue wasn't about wasn't about that. It was about because they've been so busy that Peter has Peter hasn't been time uh, had time to even think about the holidays or anyone else but this. Just that one line, and it made my fucking heart sore. And when I heard it, I paused it, and I was like, Angie, I'm going to geek out real quick. And she looked at me and just smiled and was like, okay, darling, go ahead. And I said what Here I just comes. said. Yeah, and I said all that. And I was like, it's not comic book reference And she's like, okay, just go ahead. <laughs> and she tolerated my nonsense. I love you, sweetheart. <laughs> but yeah, like, and I, I broke all that down for her, and I was like, dude, that's all I ask. Just give me a fucking line of dialogue. And move on. I don't need you to dwell on it. I don't need a whole arc about it. Just assume I'm smart enough to go, hey, if I might have a question about that, go ahead and just solve it with a line of dialogue. Whether I buy it or not, cool. Whether I like the answer or not, I don't don't give a shit. We we didn't need to see the whole negotiation process of how they bought it and what, you know, what the the percentage is on their return. And, you know, like, no, just we bought nowhere. Here's where we are. Boom. And it made sense. Like later, I'm going to jump around a lot. Go watch it. We're going to spoil it. Uh, fucking, it's, by the time this comes out, Christmas will have passed. <laughs> it's almost New Year's. What's yeah, wrong with you? It's almost New Year's. <laughs> Fuck you. Go, go get back in the spirit before the New Year. But they end up decorating uh, nowhere and all Christmassy stuff. And like, you could have, without that line of dialogue, been like, 
Why would they do this? The collector owns it. See, this is a business to him. Why the fuck would he... Right. Solved all of it. All the issues right. that you had with like, oh, it's their shit. They can do whatever they want. It's a playset for them now. Oh, uh, one line of dialogue that wasn't even the subject of it sure. solved all of that. So when I hear movies... So, feed- wait, wait. So that was the first one. What was the second one? Uh, it was about Cosmo. Cosmo's a guardian now. Just, <laughs> just accept it. And it's, again, it's I forget what the exact line is, but it's a quick line about Cosmo... Having telekinesis and is a guardian of the galaxy now. Yeah. Like ever since said. you've been hanging around, da 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 da. Like, oh, Cosmo's a guardian now. Mm-hmm. Since they bought nowhere and Cosmo was there. Okay. Like, because cool. it's much easier to do a CGI dog than it is to pay uh, Peter Quill to make another movie appearance. Uh, pretty much <laughs> at this point. At this point, it's just going to be the furry guardians of the kennel or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be the Pound Puppies. Oh, it's Pound Puppies. Fuck Paw Patrol. Pound Puppies was there long before. <laughs> Dude, I don't know about no Pound Puppies. We had Pound Puppies uh, uh, stuffed animals. They were really that's cool. Great. So, yeah. That's why when these movies come out and they got some bullshit that they just gloss over, I'm like, no excuse. No right. excuse. You can right. feed me a line of dialogue. Right. I don't even have to agree with it. Go, that's a stupid premise. Fuck it, I got my answer. Whether I like it or not is up to me. But, like... Give me my guy. Like, just write the one line of dialogue. Yeah, Stop yeah, just, being just, turds. I don't get it at all. Right, right, right. Like, there's a there's a fine line though between spoon feeding the audience information and and expecting them to keep up. Like, there is a fine line. Like, yeah. you, you don't want to over again. You, like, we don't need to see the guardians in the in the business deal of how of how they bought nowhere and like exactly how it runs and what's the currency that they use just it doesn't matter like it's unless you have an idea of a funny scene that happens during it and it's a quick cut and you're like this is what happened with collector and it's like shows him being run out of town or something like that sure sure cool if it's a funny thing that james gunn is just like hey i got a funny idea for a shot cool add it but like like you were saying i don't need an exposition dump on that like one line of dialogue right right. we own nowhere it's a trading station Boom, we're moving on. Yeah. The people here are happy. They seem to be invested in the community. That's cool. That's everything that Guardians have been up to. Right, cool. Right. Let's get on to the premise now. So yeah. So I- so basically, uh, just to pick up on plot line, yeah. uh, Drax and Mantis decide that in order to restore the Christmas spirit to Peter Quill, uh, they're going to steal the Earth hero, Kevin Bacon, who saved a town by dancing. Yep. And bring him to nowhere in order to cheer up Peter. And that's where our adventure begins. And so it's Drax and Mantis wandering the streets of L.A. in hilarious scenarios and and different, uh, like, fish-out-of-water type of things in terms of, like, learning how money works and what's a strip club and how sometimes the characters on... Grumman's Chinese Theater aren't exactly who they appear to be. Yeah, know? there's some funny scenes in that. Yeah. Um, now I dug it though, man. I think the relationship that Palm, I'm always butcher her last name, but that's kind of by Palm Clintiff. I thought it was Clementiff. Sure, we'll go with that. Look, <laughs> if you haven't noticed by now, we're going to officially induct Marcus or Michael butchering an actor or actress's last name or first name. But you know who we're talking about, and you know that we know what we're talking about. That is officially on your bingo card as of right now. So you can go ahead and check that box. Uh, Palm Clementif or Clentif, however you say it. There might not be an M in there. I might the be- Mantis. The Mantis. But her relationship with uh, Dave Batista as Drax, 
really palpable and really funny. Like oh, you yeah. can tell those two. It's kind of a big bro, little bro situation, or big bro, little sis kind of situation kind yeah. of thing, man. Yeah. It's it's fun to watch. Like he's constantly giving her grief and and lovingly mocking her, like like not outright like degrading her, but but, but she's kind of come into her own now, and she was so subservient to ego that now she dishes it back out to him. She'll be like Drax. I told you, like no, and she'll she kind of dishes it back out, and it's sure, kind of sure. fun to see her. There's a scene where they where they first fly into Hollywood on their ship, and the the Bowie, yeah, the is it, it, it the is Bowie, Bowie. Now, that's yeah. right, the that's Bowie. Right. Now it yeah. was it was the Milano, then it was what was it after that? Uh, Either way, it was another yeah, '80s reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, and uh, yeah. So they're flying into Hollywood, and there's this this whole montage of. Keep the, the the citizens of Los Angeles looking up and being in awe. And, oh, oh my God! And people taking pictures and snapping, and they fly over the whole like Japanese tourist group, and they're and Mantis is like Drax. Did you turn on the cloaking device? Of course I turned on the cloaking device. Why would I forget that? Because everybody's staring at us, and he just calmly and like slowly inches his finger towards the cloaking button and like boop you hear the boo <laughs> and she's like I saw you do that he's like no you didn't no you didn't <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's really cute actually uh, he's like do you think Kevin Bacon just uh, just is in charge of this city or the whole world he's like, in charge of everything everything yeah and she has such joy Mantis does because you gotta think man she's been sheltered for how long, you know? Oh, it's, it's under ego it, an entire lifetime. Yeah, it's it's and then, it's um, Drax cynicism and and inability to connect with with vocal intonations or, or subtlety. He takes everything literal. Compa- compared to her who is just childlike wonder on everything. Yeah. Just everything is like, This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen before. I've never seen that. Yeah. And Drax's own somewhat stupidity and his own, like I said, he takes everything in the literal sense. She's like, you could throw me over the gate and to break into Kevin. And before there's even a discussion, just, yep, <laughs> just tosses her. It's a really funny and thing. She's like, when I was ready. He was like, well, how would I know that? Toss me over the gate. Don't <laughs> toss me over the gate. What do you want? <laughs> um, no, before, to rewind a little bit, um, as they're, they're showing the scene of um, when they're kind of gearing up to... Uh, go steal Kevin Baker or whatever. Peter Quill is walking around nowhere and the whole opening like credit sequence is a song. Uh, I think it's by the the old 97s, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think it's uh spoiler alert, it's Kevin. I think it's Kevin Bacon's band or yeah. or somebody that he jams with. But uh they sing this really 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 funny song. They go up to Peter and they're like, "Hey buddy, like we found all these earth instruments and uh we were going to play you a song about what we think Christmas is about. And he's like, oh, cool. Yeah, man, whatever. He's like, well, we heard it from Cosmo, who heard it from Rocket, who heard, who heard it from, from Craglin, who right. heard it from Drax, who heard it from Craglin, who heard it from you. So you can imagine there's going to be some misunderstandings here. It's basically all about Santa Claus breaking into your house at <laughs> night. And like, <laughs> yeah. if you don't leave him milk and cookies, he's going to shoot you in the face. Yeah, and... He's like, he'll shoot you with his toe missiles. And like, <laughs> uh, Miss, Miss Claus works the pole and stuff like that. Right, right, right. And Peter Quill the whole time is like, no, 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 that's not right at all. But yeah, it's a, it's a great, wonderful, like musical jaunt just to like get get you into the holiday spirit, and it, it's it's a really fun sort of misunderstanding of the Christmas spirit, and, and like all the elements are there, but they're all jumbled up. Yeah, and it's a fun parody song, and um, 
And actually, I was watching it with Angie, and she was laughing out loud during it. She really enjoyed that song. And when somebody else is laughing with you, it makes you laugh too. <laughs> exactly. And it's like it was a really good song, though. It kind of took us both by surprise. So, uh, really fun opening sequence. And James Gunn, I think, is one of those directors that, especially with Guardians, you could probably tell. Uh, they say Martin Scorsese does it too. But like he uh, he writes the the needle drop into his actual oh, yeah. like script. Right. He must have went and found every awkward Christmas song by underground bands ever. Because there's like an interlude. It's like, I want an alien for Christmas, and a green and whatever it is. Um, he found all that shit, and he just interjects it throughout. You know what? The one song that he didn't include that I'm really disappointed at. Is it a Weird Al song? It is a Weird Al song. What's that? It's The Night Santa Went Crazy. Oh. was The Night Santa Went Crazy. Weird Al, clearing those songs probably it's costs literally, more than It's you think. literally about Santa Claus going on a shooting rampage, which, a little poignant, but uh, hysterical nonetheless. Yeah. I bet, like I said, man, I bet those Weird Al songs, because that's not a parody, is it? That's an original. Yeah, yeah. I bet that costs a lot of money to clear. Sure. Probably. I would think. <laughs> At this point in Al's career, man. I'm, we're on a first name basis. I call it Al. <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I call him up. He gives me accordion lessons. Accordion lessons. No big deal, you know. Which I still need to find a copy of that uh, Weird Al movie that they did. UHF? Uh, no, 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 no. The the one that Daniel Radcliffe stars in. Oh, weird. Yeah. Apparently, it's fucking hilarious. And like, oh, yeah, it's on... like only like two percent of it's actually true, and everything else is just having a problem with alcohol and drugs and hookers and stuff. Well, but of course, why wouldn't Weird Al do a parody movie of his own parody, life? Yeah, like, of course, like that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like, did you expect anything else? Anything else? Like, could why would you want to hear the story of like, yeah, I started making parody songs and then I got famous and then I got more famous and then I stayed away from drugs and alcohol and hookers and I got more famous and now I'm living the sweet life. So yeah. cool. Story over. Baz Lerman, you take over. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, anyways, but yeah, um, it's a really uh, to go back to the uh, the Guardians Christmas special, man. Talk I, about the thing we were talking about before. Uh, yeah, we talked about before the thing, the thing, the thing. We're talking about clearing songs, but no, James <laughs> Gunn found all these crazy Christmas songs to throw in there, and it, they're pretty entertaining. But that one was originally written, I think, uh, for. For the sake of the sure. the special, um, it is fun though, man. I dug it. They they ultimately kidnap Kevin Bacon, who is put in, under a trance by Mantis. I knew she could originally make people fall asleep. Yeah, she could influence their emotions, but apparently now it's developed into like straight up mind control. Yeah, it's like I can just put you in a trance, or I can like the power of suggestion, and I put my fucking yeah. I don't know. It's a power set I didn't know Mantis had, but sure. like for this. I'm willing to get that she's developed her powers more. She probably only used it to sleep ego, to make ego go to sleep at one point, but I guess it's expanded. Yeah. So, which is fine. I just, I didn't know that she was putting people in a trance. <laughs> so, but she does actually get in on the action, man. Um, they go to kidnap Kevin Bacon and uh, he calls the police off- officers mm-hmm. as they, which is a very funny scene. They break into his house and obviously Drax being super literal and everything like that and breaks in and goes to kidnap Kevin Bacon. Um, she called ultimately the police come and she gets like she gets in a physical fight with the police she doesn't mm-hmm. like like hurt him anyway she just kind of punches him flips him and then like puts him in a position go to sleep go to sleep go to sleep but it was kind of cool but she's, she's doing all these luchador moves yeah, and like her and, and you know crosses and, and, and 
flipping people into arm bars and stuff like that. Like, yeah, she was she was throwing down. Like, that was a lot of, like, really interesting choreography. I'm just glad to see Mantis, like, because that was her only ability. It was like, hey, make people go to sleep. It would have been really, really, really one note and gotten old after a little while. So, she can hold her own. Apparently, she's been training with the Guardians of Nebula or somebody. So, yeah. I mean, basically, they... It, it's they kidnap Kevin Bacon and then they uh, it's it's there's a funny scene with them talking to him on the ship about how much they hate actors they realize that he's not actually a hero oh right 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 yeah. it, it, it's a little bit like Galaxy Quest in terms of they think that the things that he did in his movies were like actual documentaries right and then they sort of realize halfway through that like oh he's an actor Blah, I hate actors they disgust me yeah they call yeah. him they're like, I get at the end, it's like, I guess not all actors are stupid pieces of shit. <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. So, but yeah, it seems like everybody in the movie is having a really fun time. Like, Kevin Bacon seems like he's enjoying being there. Like, you know, uh, um, it's a little bit sort of, um, it's a little bit sort of, it's a wonderful life meets, um, the unbearable weight of massive genius in terms of massive it's, talent. It's massive talent, right. It, it's all about praising Kevin Bacon, but also like, well, if you hadn't involved in your life, then this is how it would be different, you know? Right. Um, which it works and it's fun and, 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 and it's funny and really, really well shot. And yeah, wh- why not? Like it, it's a fun romp. And we actually end up learning spoiler alert that, Mantis is Peter Quill's brother because sister. Sister, I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. they, yeah, they are brother and sister. That's the 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 big reveal is that they're like, why did you do all this for me, Mantis? Like, and she's like, well, ego might be ego was ego is my father, and she's like, I'm gonna cry thinking about it, but uh, you know, I, I share a lot of sentiment for my brother over here. Man, we've come a long way and and shit like this, but uh, when he says like. Well, you know, I hope that's okay, kind of thing. I didn't. She feels bad because she said, "I don't want all the bad things that ego did." Like, she doesn't say this, but like killing your mother, right, <laughs> for right. example, and when it came trying to, to conquer your kill planet, you. and, yeah. And yeah, I don't want you to be reminded of that every time you look at me. So I didn't say anything. And then Peter kind of has this really sweet moment. He's like, "Having a sister is the greatest gift I could get." Right. And so now his little ragtag group of family, which he does embrace, is truly like he has a true family. family. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Mantis didn't have anybody before him, so she's very grateful for him and Drax and stuff. And it was it was a really sweet moment, and it kind of tugged on the heartstring, like I was saying. I think sometimes. Oh, they're brother and sister. Yeah, whatever. I'm I'm lame now, bro. I'm lame. I think really what it was. uh, Well, I'll save it. Go ahead. No, because it's kind of depressing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll just say this. Um, I have two kids, and they're not too familiar with each other mm-hmm. uh, for circumstance. Various and, reasons. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, for whatever it is. And I just was like, oh, man, like what a fucking cool moment that would be, you know. So inserting my own bullshit into a very, like, but that's, that, what, that's what works about movies, I was going to say. It was like that, under the veil of Christmas, and they slid that in, and they're like, oh, it's a fun holiday romp. And I was like, you mother that's, that's all. That, that's, that's what makes movies and shows like this endearing to us, is we find something in yeah. them where um, you relate to it, and it's, you, you find a little piece of yourself in it. And that's, I mean, really, that's, that's the whole point. Like, like, 
you can go watch the Fast and the Furious and it's all about, you know, car chases and explosions and cool tricks and this, that, the other. Which is fine to see, but if there's not a moment in there that you can't relate to somebody or feel like, oh, I feel like just like Dominic Toretto, you know, Toretto or I feel just like Paul Walker or whatever. Like there, yeah. there's got to be some moment of I see me in that. Yeah. And that's what makes movies endearing to us. So anyway, on that note. No, it's um, it, and like I said, it, to anybody else that might have been like, well, of course, or oh, that's corny or whatever. But like everything means, like you said, it's different to everybody. And mm-hmm. so like in that moment, it really kind of like ugh, it got to me, man. And it was like. Angie was also joking earlier. I was like, man, Kevin Kevin Bacon seems like he's having a really good time. And at the end, I don't know if you know this, Angie is a she follows like Kevin Bacon on Instagram and one of the oh. things he one of the things he does is he plays music with his daughter now. Mm-hmm. And so apparently he he has a band and everything like that. And I was wondering, I was like, man, he's so game for this to make fun of himself and all this. And maybe he's just cool like we were joking about how he's one of the few people in Hollywood that's been doing it for so long. That's walked away relatively unscathed and still well liked, and not yeah. as a joke of himself. Yeah. Like sometimes you become this old hacky actor. You're like, dude, nobody gives a fuck about you anymore. When he shows up and stuff, you're still like, hey, fucking, they got Kevin Bacon to play Sebastian Shaw. Like, fucking hell yeah, they did. <laughs> right, like, that's right, awesome. Right, like, right. you know, he's not a joke of himself. Well, uh, I, th- I think there's something to be said for like inherently, if you're in the Hollywood industry for so long that like. You can't help but become a parody of your parody of yourself. Like, I mean, it happened to Clint Eastwood. It happened to John Wayne. It happened right. to Kevin Bacon. It happened to Nicolas Cage. It happened to like, if you're in the industry for more than twenty years, like inherently, they start casting a you type. Like, well, we're looking for a Nicolas Cage type, or we're looking for an Owen Wilson type, right. or we're looking for a Leah Romani type, or or whatever. You know, like. So inherently, you have to become a parody of yourself, and you have to accept that, like, all right, I'm sort of in the lexicon of of the Hollywood, you know, writers guild, yeah. you know. But like, also, I am still that dude. But also, I'm still that guy, and that's yeah, fine. Don't yeah, don't get it twisted. I got classics under my belt, right, you know, right, like right. unadulterated like classics. So. Tremors. We got to get Matthew on here to talk about Tremors. Oh. I love that movie. Um, but now I, we were. What we were talking about, you know, I, I didn't know all the stuff about the music, and he plays it with his daughter, and they do cover songs and stuff. And I was saying, like, man, he's so game to do all this. Like, good on him. And then uh, at the very end, he was going to go home to whatever, go back to Earth or whatever. And um, Then they uh, they let him play music. Mm-hmm. The, obviously a Christmas song that he wrote. And right. I was like, oh, no wonder he was so down to do this. Like, he gets to showcase a different skill set right, right. that doesn't usually get to do in movies. And so he got to go out there and play guitar. And- Kev! They want you for the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> but here's the deal. You get to play your own Christmas song. <laughs> get to sing about Yuletides, right? Sure, we'll give you a solid three to four minutes. She's like, count me in. <laughs> no, I also remember the other line of dialogue that they wrote with a single line that explained everything. They're out in nowhere, and uh, uh, they go into the ship, the Bowie or whatever, and... Um, Kevin Kevin Bacon's phone rings, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like at that moment, Angie and I looked at each other like his fucking phone rings in space. Like what spectacular service! And immediately, Kevin Bacon like looks started. He's like, "How do you get reception out here?" And Craglin goes, 
just a couple antennas up front. Got the, you can get every uh, any phone call within about a like eight or nine hundred light years or something right. like that. Right. Eight or nine million, whatever it was, light years. And I was like, fucking, they did it again. Exactly. A, sim- a exactly. simple fucking line of dialogue. Exactly. like, And all they had, all it was was just like, oh, our technology can do that. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Like, just like, trust Cool, me. that's it. It's We're very good. Rick and Morty of the sense of like, yes, I'm Rick, I can do that. Like, it's not the question sure. of how I build the machine. I can explain it to your stupid fucking right. ass. All you need to you know is that it anyways. works. Yeah. Just you just like, need to know that it works. That's fine. Yeah, so they did that on a couple occasions. And I was like, dude, y'all got no excuse for like... And again, like he needed his phone to ring, so it was the climax of the film. Like, you coming home for Christmas? And he he understands. Well, Kira, I might need to be a little bit late. She's like, okay, I understand. understand. And then he goes and plays the Christmas jingle, and everybody celebrates. They give gifts to one another, which is really cute. Oh, Rocket gets Bucky's arm. That was the funny part. That was the great part. Like, something from Endgame playing off in a one-off. Infinity War, but yeah. Uh, Sure, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Part two. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, Yeah, it's funny. In that line, in that movie, he's like, I'm going to, he's like, how much for the arm? He's like, not for sale. He's like, oh, I'm getting that arm. I'm getting that arm. They asked James Gunn about, like, well, how did Nebula get it? And his. Doesn't matter. He's just like, I don't know. She went down there and kicked ass and took the arm. Like, who cares? He's like, I could see Nebula doing that. That's not the Who realm. cares? That's not the point. The Nebula's point is that like, she got it. Would go down there and be like, I'm taking your arm. And just start kicking this shit out of Bucky. And it's like, all right, dude, all right, take it. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> I got friends in Wakanda. They're going to make me another make one. Me another one. Yeah. The White Wolf's got to have an arm, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was adorable, though, man. All the little gifts they gave each other. And, yeah. Uh, the Groot is apparently, he's like swole teenage Groot now. Oh, yeah, so was like, like, like Sawyer Groot. Yeah, he is, I guess. Yeah, or whomever. Yeah, he was, he was yoked, though. You even lift, lift, bro? What's going on? You lift, bro? What's going on, bro? Just trying to get my swole on. Trying to get my gains. Yeah. It's a protein day, bro. Yeah, seriously. There was, um... <laughs> love you, Sawyer. You're love okay. Love you, Sawyer. You're cool. Um, but no, there's... Yeah, but you, uh, Groot is yoked in it, though, man. It's kind of funny. It's fun to watch his progression. Um... Ben Diesel still doing the group voice. Easiest job in all of Hollywood. Why not? Well, aside from Fast and Furious, where all you have to do is show up and be Ben Diesel. Talk about family. (laughs) It's about family. I don't know cars. I don't know politics. I know family. Yeah, God bless those movies. Um, (laughs) No, I dug it though, man. I I hope they do more of these holiday specials or just one-offs or whatever. Allegedly, what I think they're going to do is they're kind of introducing these slowly. I think... We're either going to get a Nova one-shot, is the rumor, or what they're going to do is they're going to build the Young Avengers through it, and they're going to give each of them a one-shot to explain, like... It's so like Kate Bishop, Nova... And Hawkeye's... The, Hawkeye. the rumor is that Hawkeye's going to be the leader of the the de facto, like... Oh, like the... Batman the, Beyond kind of Bruce Wayne Okay, like the, 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 the Charles Xavier of the, of of the, Young, the Avengers. Young Avengers. If that's the case... Fucking sign me up! Hell yeah! And he only has to come in every once in a while to be the framing device of Hey guys, be like you gotta go see the mission. The, you gotta go see the principal. Like ah shit. Yeah, or he sets up the mission and then is like, all right, that's episode one, and then they go do the mission for X, Y, and Z, and then he you're not up. ready for the mission. They go off and do the mission. Then like episode eight, he shows up and it was like, you guys did all right, but you still disobeyed me. So. Negative six points to Griffin. Nah, he would say, you Ricky Hotshot's coming straight out of the academy with a shoot first and ask questions later. Got the mayor up my ass and blah, blah, blah. I need your badge and your, your guns. badge and your guts. But before you turn it in, I want you to know you're a damn fine cop. Damn fine cop. 
<laughs> please let him be that character. Just turn Hawkeye into that, please. Anywho's man. Anyways. No, um, I definitely dug it, though, man. Um, what do you rate it? Christmas special. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, six Christmas carols. I will give it, because Kevin Bacon sung about it, Yuletide Apple Pies. Oh, okay. He somehow made rhyme in that song. Okay. Cool. I mean, it works. It works. Hey, Yuletide Apple Pies. Hey, you know okay. what? You're Kevin Bacon. You get a free pass on that one. Get a free pass on me. <laughs> um, yeah, on that note, uh, go see a movie and talk about it with somebody you love. Happy holidays. Whoop, whoop. <laughs>